Open please to a couple of places. First John 1 and uh, James 1. In First John, the uh, first chapter and the fifth verse. First John 1 John 1.5. It says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. Now, this is another way of saying you know better. Hmm? Elsewise, you wouldn't say, he wouldn't say you're lying. He'd say you're wrong or you're mistaken, you're ignorant, you're confused. But no, lying means you know you're not walking with him. You know better. And you're not, and you're not what? You do not, you're not doing the truth. But verse 7, but if we walk in the light, this is us where we're going to be, right? As he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another, us and the Father. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. Is it a glorious thing to walk in the light as he is and is in the light? Thank you, Lord. In uh, James, the first chapter, if you'd notice that, James 1 and 22, he said, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Keep going. If any man be a hearer, of the word and not a doer. He's likened to a man that beheld his natural face in a glass or a mirror. And he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. He forgets what he saw. But whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein. Somebody say continues therein. <laughs> say it again. Continues therein. <laughs> that means you you enter and then you keep going. You keep going and you keep going. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed, not in his intention or conviction or opinion. What will he be blessed in? In his deed, in what he has done. So the scripture warns us about hearing and not doing. You wind up in a bad way. What does it mean to be deceived? Well, when you're deceived, you believe a lie is true. You're not pretending it's true. You believe something is true and it's a lie. Deceived. And so we, in this case, you couldn't say the devil deceived you. You couldn't say somebody else deceived you. It said the person is self-deceived. How do we avoid such a situation? We must be. Doers of the word of God. Say it by faith. Even if you hadn't always been. Say it by faith. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Of the word of God. See not just a hearer only. But a doer. A doer. Turn with me over to the. Uh, Hosea. 
Hosea 6 and 3. It says, Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain and as the latter and former rain to the earth. Notice again the first part. When will we know? Then. Then shall we know. When? If and when we follow on to know. Can you see a progression here? A progression here. Uh, Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Very familiar verse of scripture in verse 18. A lot of you know it and quote it. But he said, uh, the path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. Now, a path is not a fixed point. A path is a course. You know what a path is. You've walked on a path. You've walked on a sidewalk. You've driven down a road. A path, a way, a course. And our walk with the Lord is like a person walking down a path. But it is not all the light at once. It is progressive. Put that up in the Amplified, please. Amplified. The path of the just and righteous is like the light of dawn. You know, when the sun first begins to come up, it's still dark. It's still, you know, it's hard to tell the difference between uh, the very beginnings of dawn and uh, the end of, of night. Where Where is it? But it's like when the dawn comes and then it shines more and more brighter and clearer until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So you won't get light if you just stay at the start of the path. You have to walk with the Lord. And as you keep going with him, it gets brighter. Now, what does that mean it gets brighter? You see more. You know more. You understand more. You're freer. You're more blessed. You're more empowered. You're more enabled. In the darkness, you don't know where to go. In the darkness, there's confusion. In darkness, there's injury. You you hit things with your toe. You ever done that? Huh? That's no fun. Knock over your favorite vase. Break it into peace. Cost you money. Break your toe. Cause you pain. What was the problem? Darkness. Darkness. Because in the light, you go, oh, there it is. I'm not going there. I'm going to step right around here. (laughs) Huh? In the light, it's all clear. It's all plain. You avoid pitfalls, problems, you go over temptations. In the light, you don't waste half your life doing something you weren't even called to do. You don't waste your money, you don't waste your resources, you don't hook up and join with people that you're not supposed to be hooked up with. That's darkness, that's fumbling around in the darkness. You know, so much of the church world is doing that. They're just, well, I'll try this. Maybe this is God. 
And after a few months, ah, uh, that ain't God. And I got to try. I'll move over here. We'll move to this state. We'll try this. We'll change churches. I'll change spouses again. Did you hear me? I'm going to change this again. I'm going to change that again. Now, back to our text. If we say we're walking with him, but we're walking in darkness, tell me what's the reality. Put that up, 1 John 1 and 8. Put it up on the screen for us, please, again. 1 John 1 and 8. If we, uh, I'm too far back, 6. 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and we're doing what? Walking in darkness. What's happening? We're lying. He didn't lead us into that darkness. He didn't lead us into that failure. He didn't lead us to drag our spouse and our kids into the wrong place and throw all our money away and have all these problems. Hmm? We just need to admit it and be honest about it and say we missed it. But people haven't done that. They want to blame God for everything. Well, the Lord's ways are mysterious. Yeah, if you knew his ways, it'd be different. (laughs) There is an element of mystery to him. We're certainly not going to know all there is. But if you are walking with him in his way, tell me what it's going to be. What it's going to be. It's going to be light. It's going to be getting brighter every day and every week. This is exciting, friends. This is not depression and doom and gloom and failure. This is brighter and brighter. Better and better. Stronger and stronger, freer and freer, more and more fruitful for the kingdom of God. In John, the eighth chapter, Jesus said this, what is it, verse 12, John 8 and 12. Then spake Jesus again to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Is he? Oh, he is. The light of the world. He that what? follows me shall not walk in darkness. So is he moving? Huh? How can you follow somebody that's standing still? The plan of God is not stagnant and stationary. From the time before you and I were born, he knew us, didn't he? He had a plan for our life. And from the time we're born, we should be on his path. And that path is motive. It is a path of progressive light. The Lord said this to me some years ago. It's hard to steer a parked car. (laughs) Have you ever found that to be true? I mean, even if you got power steering. You just sit in the parking lot with it in park. You can race the engine and turn the wheel. You can hear it strain. And on older cars, you hear the fan fan belt squeal and and the tires are scrubbing and it's that's not what it was made to do. And even though you turn it all the way to the stop, and the pump groans and the the belt squeals, nothing happens. The car doesn't move anywhere. Stays right where. Why? Because it's not moving. It's stationary. It's easy to steer a moving car. Isn't it? Especially one that's really moving. Hmm? <laughs> that's one of the biggest things about learning how to fly. 
especially a powerful fast airplane. I mean, uh, I had one guy tell me when I first started flying some more powerful equipment, the tendency is to over-control. You know, you go, man, the plane's doing this. Woo, why is it doing that? He, well, you're doing that. <laughs> he said, hold that control like it's a rotten banana. That means lightly, doesn't it? And just move it a little bit. And when you got a lot of power and a lot of speed, you understand, you move it like that and you're moving 500 miles an hour, well, now you're over there. <laughs> it's easy to steer something that's really moving. Wouldn't you like for you to be really moving? And the Spirit of God could control and move you just like that, that you are rain trained, but you got to be moving. Tell me, when will we know? When will we get more light? Then shall we know. If we follow on to know the Lord. We got into this earlier, that you will get some light sitting and hearing and listening. But you cannot get all the light that way. You'll get some light sitting in a classroom. You'll get some light reading books. But you can't get all the light no matter what you're talking about, just through classroom experience. I mean, you can read books and read books on scuba diving, but when you put the gear on and jump into the salt water, you get a revelation that you just cannot get reading that book. And if it's driving or, or whatever it is doing, the same is true, and it is true with you and I. You'll get some light sitting in here, listening to the Word, watching TV, gospel programs and teaching and DVDs and CDs, but you cannot get all the light you need by doing that. Is it true, friends? What do you have to do to get full light for your life? You got to put her in D. Come on now. You got to put her in D. You got to put the foot to the pedal. You got to get this thing rolling and moving. What does that mean? Doing what you know to do. Doing. Do it. Walking in the light. And when you do, all kind of light's going to start coming to you as you practice. As you do what he's told you to do. Uh, go with me please to uh, Mark, the 10th chapter. Mark chapter 10. Somebody say it while you're turning over there. No matter what the past has been said out loud, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Of the word of God. Mark 10. This is the story. Of the. Uh, the rich young ruler. Verse 17. When Jesus was gone forth in the way. There came one running and kneeling to him. And said good master. What shall I do. That I may inherit. Eternal life. Can you see, can you read between the lines here? Is this young man, he's young man, we know that. Is he excited? He comes running. He comes running to Jesus. Is he hungry for the things of God? Does he want more light? He wants to know about eternal life. He, he must have some light. He got some from the, we, we know from reading other verses, he knows something about the word, the law that they had at the time, and he's obviously found out about Jesus, maybe been in some of his meetings, maybe been around his disciples and his teaching. So he's seen something, he's heard something, and it has made him hungry, it has stirred him up, and he comes a running up, and he's excited, and he says, good master, 
What can I do? Is he saying I'm ready to be a doer? Huh? Did he? What can I do? What shall I do? And the Lord looked at him and said, Why callest thou me good? There's none good but one, that is God. And you know the commandments. Uh, Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor your father and your mother. Now notice what the master did. He's asking him for more light. And the Lord asks him about the light he had already given him. Are you doing what I've told you to do? Your forefathers and their forefathers, you know, the Lord never forgets what he told us to do. (laughs) Sometimes whole generations forget it and get away from it, but he never forgets. And if you don't walk in the light he's already given you, there's no need in you begging him about more light. Because the way this works is you walk in the light he gives you. And that takes you to the next light. I know uh, back before we ever got into ministry, Phyllis and I are living in our little mobile home and we begin to get a hold of uh, some good teaching. We started to grow and I got hungry. And uh, I knew the Lord wanted to say something to me or show me something. And I'm very, very young and immature to know the word, little faith. And, and I begged him for months off and on. Well, talk to me, Lord. Show me. Talk to me. I mean, I'd, I'd go out in the woods at night and pray and look at the stars and I'm hungry and I'm crying and part of that's good, but a lot of it's just ignorance and unbelief too. But the Lord looks at your heart. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyhow, I did that for months. And finally, one day I was kneeling on our uh, red shag carpet Next to our genuine imitation leather couch. Plastic. And uh, begging the Lord for the umpth time. Lord, talk to me. Lord, speak to me. Lord, talk to me. And he did. Now, I don't mean I heard an audible voice. It wasn't like, like that. It was inside me. He drew my attention to my Bible that was laying over there on the table and had been for all these months. He said, son, I have said many things to you already in the book. Find out what I've already said to you. And if I want to say something else, I will. <laughs> and from that time to this, I've been endeavoring to find out what he, how many understand this is the word of God? I no dream or no vision or no voice or no prophecy can supersede this. It must be judged by this. And I don't care how spectacular it was. If it contradicts this, it's not God. And it's not right. And so he will call your attention back to previous light. And so this young man, he asked him, what about the commandments? What about that light that I gave your forefathers and of course gave you? And he excitedly, he said, "Uh, Master, all of these I've observed from my youth. So he had been walking in the light that he had. He had been. He wasn't committing adultery. He wasn't lying. He wasn't stealing. He was just worshiping God and not being an idolater and on and on. He was walking in the light that he had. Is that a good thing? Tell me what that means. If you're walking in the light that you got, what does that mean? You qualify for more light. 
greater light. And that's what he's hollering about. I want more light. I want to know about eternal life. What he didn't know is he he wants to be born again. And filled with the Spirit and, and the gifts of the Spirit. He didn't know about that yet. Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. But that's that's what was going on. So Jesus looked at him and loved him. Because it was true. He had been walking in the light. And he said, one thing you lack. Go your way. Sell whatever you have. Give to the poor. And you shall have treasure in heaven. And then come, take up the cross and follow me. He didn't expect this. You see his response. What does the next verse say? He was what? Is this light what the Lord just gave him? Is this exactly what he needs? Will this get him from where he is to where he wants to be? Yeah. It's exact. He may not see it and know it. He obviously doesn't see it and know it, but it's exactly what he needs. But was he still excited? He lost his excitement. And he went away grieved because he had great possessions. What does that have to do with it? You said you wanted light. You said you want to know about eternal life. Is the Lord offering him something precious here? What's the, he, he's not just going to go and liquidate. He said come back. Didn't he? Come back. Is he telling him, be a part of us. Travel with us. Help me in the ministry. Would he have learned some things? Like Peter and John did. And the rest of, would he have been an integral part of the early days of the church and, and the founding and, would he have gotten his desire and got the light? And found out things about eternal life. He never imagined he could know. But. I don't know that he ever. Found out any more. Because. He refused. Tell me when we will know more light. According to Hosea 6.3. When will we find out more. Then shall you know what. If. You follow on. To know. Do you remember. When Jesus was teaching and the crowds had gotten bigger and and bigger and bigger. And and then he said, I got a new teaching for you today. It's called eat my flesh and drink my blood. (laughs) Turn in the scriptures to so and so. And he took off and he taught it. And it was quiet. There was no amen. I'm talking about Jesus teaching and preaching now. There was no amen in You could feel the tension. You could feel the pressure. And the further he went, the harder it got. And the Bible said afterwards, the people spoke among themselves and said, this is a hard saying. Who can receive this? And they were offended at him. And they left him and didn't come back and didn't hear or follow him anymore. He lost a huge portion of his crowds and his supporters that day. And uh, he didn't run after them and beg them and say, wait a minute. Don't just let, let me explain. He didn't do that. 
Instead, he turned around to his twelve. He said, you guys leaving too? They were experiencing some challenges with what he taught too. And Peter says, well, uh, where would we go? No, Lord, you have the words of eternal life. So they stayed. They stayed. They, the others left. They stayed. The others that got so agitated about this, we have no reason to think they ever found out any more because the only way you're going to find out more about what he's talking about is what? Stay with him. Keep going. But they didn't. They didn't stay with him long enough to find out the rest. This is the devil. This is the devil. He comes. And, uh, you know, the, the big uh, thing that happens with this, just like them, they say, I don't understand this. I just don't understand. Well, honey, there's a lot you don't understand. But that's not how people mean it. They, 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 they get annoyed and they get bitter. They get hurt and angry. Well, I'm, I don't understand. Why would he teach such a thing? I just don't understand. What kind of person would say that? He didn't even explain it. That's ridiculous. We're going to all be cannibals now? He's off. He's uh, And they left and would not come back. The word offend means to stop trusting and stop believing in someone you should believe in. If you have faith in somebody, if you trust somebody, you don't just run at the first thing you don't understand. Go to 1 John 2, please. Can you all take some more of this this morning before we get through? 1 John. If you have faith in someone, if you believe in them, you don't just quit. You don't just unhook when you, because you don't understand. Faith is not based on understanding. Faith is a choice. How many believe in heaven? Hmm? Do you understand where it is? Do you understand how it is? No, you don't. You believe God's there? Sitting on the throne? You believe the master is at, at his right hand? Where are they? How do you get there? What kind of place is it? You understand all that? No, you don't. Can you believe it even though you don't understand it? You do. Do you understand how somebody could be dead and then be raised from the dead? But you believe it? How can somebody be born of a virgin having no earthly father? You believe that? Yeah. You don't understand it. And sometimes people say, well, I, there are people who don't believe this. And they say, well, that's impossible. You can't. Uh, a child cannot be fathered without a, a natural father and a parent. And if I can't see it under a microscope, God could show you, show it to you under a microscope and you still wouldn't have a clue. That's right. <laughs> he could sit down and one-on-one explain to you how he creates stars. Yeah. And you still wouldn't know what he's talking That's about. Right. <laughs> Come on. 
He could explain it to you in a hundred different languages. He could draw you diagrams. And you'd still be sitting there two hours later going, oh, okay. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> you don't have to understand to believe. It's a choice. Whether you're talking about having faith in God or you're talking about having faith in somebody else, it's the same thing. There will be, your faith will be tested and will be tried. And the Lord, we talked about, he didn't run after them, did he? Why? Read this 1 John 2, 19, I believe it is. 1 John 2, 19. Talked about individuals that John was talking about that left them. He said, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. There were a bunch of people that had jumped on the bandwagon because Jesus was popular, popular, popular. There were miracles. It was a, He was the hottest ticket in town right then. And they jumped on there and they were with him in the meetings and they were glory to God, hallelujah, and I am pro-Jesus. And they had Jesus pins and badges and t-shirts. And, but they never really were. You don't know who's with you and who's not until something comes up that they don't understand. Hmm? Now we're going to find out, and we found out when so many of them left, that they never, really never did believe in. Because if they had it, they'd have stayed. When you believe in somebody, you stay. Even when you don't understand. And we used to sing it, you know, some of the songs. Some people have made fun of them about in the, you know, we'll understand it better by and by and in the sweet by and by. But there's a truth there. We will, if we keep going with the Lord, see more and know more than we do now. And if we don't go on, we'll never find it out. You know, Abraham is the contrast of the rich young ruler, isn't he? Because the Lord told him, load everything up. Leave from your folks and leave from your place and go. And he's like, okay, where? He said, I'll let you know later. <laughs> Did he understand what was going on with him? And why I got, no, no. But he went out not knowing where he was going. He said, well, whatever it is, the Lord will show me later. I'm staying with him. Somebody say, so I'm staying with him. Amen. People, though they stop, they stop and they put it in park. And they put both feet on the brake. And they go, I don't understand what's going on here now. And I am not moving till I understand. Then you're in trouble. You're rebellious. You're unbelieving. You're faithless. Full of fear. Go back to Mark 10. When you trust, you stay. Even when you don't understand. And tell me, will you find out more about it? If you keep going, then shall we know as we keep falling on to know. I mean, you can stand. I was talking with a minister uh, talking about some international expansion that they were involved in just a few days ago. And he wanted me to pray with him. And we did. And uh, He's talking about some things he couldn't quite get clear on. And I, and I said, well, um, you know, you can you can see something way down the road. And you can pull over on the side of the road and go, what is that? 
I can really hardly tell what it looks kind of like this, but I don't know. It, it might be this. And you can sit there and you can surmise and you can imagine and you can deliberate. Y'all pray with me. I can't tell. Can you see what that is? No, I can't see it. I can't tell either. You think it's a such and such? And you can talk for days about what it might be and what it looks like. Or tell me what else you could do. (laughs) What else could? Put that thing in D. Get back in the road. Keep moving. You get close enough. You go, oh, oh, oh. It's a hot dog stand. (laughs) Or whatever it is, right? No need sitting back here. And people are doing that. Oh, people, Christians are doing that all over the place. They have sat down like a stubborn old mule in the middle of the road. Well, I'm not going until I can see how to do this. And I got to know because I got bills and I got kids and I got this and I got that. And you got fear. It's what you got. Fear. And you, you can pray, you can cry, you can beg, you can fast for the Lord to give you more light. And he is not going to give you any more light. You don't need it. If you're going to walk by faith. If you got enough faith to take a step. If you got enough faith to go through the door. If you got enough faith to start. Enough light to start. I should say. You got enough. I've had the Lord tell me more than once. I thought well Lord what about when we get there. He said you don't need to know that till you get there. Just get there. Didn't he tell Paul, go into the city and it shall be told you. What if he'd have said, I need to know now before I start knowing. You ain't going to find out. You got to get up and go. Well, why do I need to go to that city? Remember Naaman? Why have I got to wash in that river? I just don't understand. That's a stinky old muddy river. We got nice clean rivers where I come from. I didn't have to travel all this to, 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 to wash in that muddy river. Well, yeah, you can yeah, yeah, and back talk and ask questions and do without. Miss the plan of God. Oh, you can get your little self in the muddy river. Get. (laughs) This ain't about what you know and don't know. It's about are you ever going to obey? Are you ever going to do what he told you to do? It's about faith. Trust. If you know to take a step, you know all you need to know. And you can't get to rest till you step out. Tell me when we're going to know. When will we know some more? Then shall you know if you follow on, if you keep going. All these people that left Jesus never found out what he was talking about. About this eat my blood and drink my flesh. He gave a lot of clues right after that. He said the flesh profits nothing. It's the spirit that quickens. He's talking about spiritual stuff. They didn't have a clue what he's talking about. And he didn't explain it to them. Because they should have trusted him enough to show up next service. Hmm? And find out. And if they're unwilling to do that, then they never believed in him to start with. And they're just hindering them anyway. They need to get out of the way. No faith involved. None. If you trust somebody, you keep going even though you don't understand. You say, well, mm, I don't know either. But we will understand it better by and by. But we got to get to the by and by. Let's get going. Right? In Mark 10, verse 22, the young ruler went away sad at that saying. Grieved, for he had great possessions. Did he not understand why Jesus asked him to do that? He didn't, did he? 
This surprised him. He never expected this. He, he wanted revelation. He wanted light. He wanted to get more into the things of God. And so often when light comes, it's different than you thought it would be, than you imagined it would be, and it's going to impact your life. It's going to require some changes. And that's what he, he realized. He is telling me to totally leave my whole life. Why would he do that? I have companies to run. I have employees. I have commitments. It took my dad years to build this up. And I'm just supposed to sell out? It's easy for him to walk around and preach and say that kind of stuff. I got a life. I just, I don't understand. Nah, it ain't just you don't understand. You refuse to believe. You refuse to walk by faith. Well, I have to see how I can do it. No, you don't. No, you don't. Do you believe? Oh, I'm a believer. Then show it. Take a step. Take a. Huh? Do what? Well, yes, but I got this and I got, I got bills and I got kids. You think nobody else has got bills and kids? (laughs) Everybody I know that's gone very far with the Lord. Everybody I know has had to turn loose of the comfortable. Turn loose of the familiar. Turn loose of the known. And step out into the unknown. And it's tough on your flesh. It's hard on your head. Isn't it? You got questions. I said, you got questions. You go, how? 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 God is how. But you will never find out how sitting there hollering how. (laughs) You're only going to know if you follow on. He was sad. He went away grieved. Jesus looked about and he said to his disciples, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? His disciples were astonished at his words. And Jesus answered again. He said, children, how hard it is for them that what? Trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. He said, it's about trust. It's about trust. He didn't ask this man to take a vow of poverty. He didn't ask everybody he saw to sell everything they had. Zacharias said, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. Jesus didn't say, no, that's not enough. You've got to give all. He said, today salvation's come to this man's house. Other people, he didn't say anything about this. But it's obvious he had put his finger on exactly what was the problem in this young man's life that was standing in between him and the rest of the plan of God. Wasn't it? Because his trust was in that his identity was in that money and that's that that's who he was wasn't it and for him to totally get out of that and just come follow Jesus and be the low man on the totem pole with the disciples and no longer have a membership at the country club and no longer drive the fancy chariot 
would he have gotten rewards? Sowing all that seed? Are you kidding? I mean, he would have reaped abundantly in this life and in the one to come. Jesus said so just a few verses later, right here, same chapter. But, as far as we know, he never found out any of that. Because he stopped. He wouldn't keep going. He wouldn't stay with Jesus long enough to find out why he told him to do that. Fear. Somebody say fear. Fear. Say it again, fear. 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 Fear will freeze you on your path. It'll stop you in your tracks and the plan of God will keep moving and you will not. And you're supposed to be keep continuing to go down the path and the light's supposed to be getting brighter, but it's just getting darker and darker and you're just getting more and more upset and confused and hurt and mad and you can blame God and you can blame your spouse and your kids and your friends and the government and your pastor and everybody else, but it's you, you, because you're scared. Somebody say fear. Fear. Fear is a killer. Oh, fear is an awful, terrible thing. Tell me how you can overcome fear. Faith. (laughs) Faith is stronger than fear. Everybody will have feelings. Everybody will have questions. Everybody will think, hmm, you know, man, I got to turn loose all this and step out and do that. You know, uh, every one of these men that are, uh, are hearing this rich young ruler Saying, I got, you know, I got all these positions. I can't do this. They're probably thinking, hey, I left my fishing business. Hey, we le- didn't it say concerning every one of them, they left everything and they followed Jesus. Didn't that what he said? Now, did they get more light? And even after Jesus raised from the dead, did they get more light? Oh, have you read Peter? Have you read John? Have you? Oh, my. If this rich young ruler, if he could have done that, if he would have just did what the Lord told him to do and showed back up next week and said, I did it. (laughs) I liquidated the whole thing. Here I am. What do you want me to do? Go get some water. Yes, sir. Get ready for the meeting. Yes, sir. Would he have found some more light? Would he have learned more about God and the rich things of God than he ever imagined was out there to know? He'd have been part of the foundation of the church. But if you stop, you never find out the rest. Tell me when we'll find out more. When? Then we'll know if we follow on. To know the Lord. Let me close with this. I had the privilege, Phyllis and I did, of helping and serving with Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr. for years, decades. And uh, what a privilege it, it was. And uh, having worked in healing school, having worked in the Bible training center, worked with him some on the road, we felt released uh, from the school to go and we had a lot of demand for our ministry and and so I talked to him, and it seemed good to him, and so we did. I resigned from the school, and, and I'm, we're holding meetings, we're doing other things, and staying very busy. And, and one day praying, the Lord dealt with me. He said, just because I, I direct you to do this, doesn't mean I released you from helping them. I thought, huh? And we got it straight. We went and found them and talked to them and said, well, can we continue to help them? We don't know how we'll do this, but we, we will. 
And so, uh, he's, they, they, yeah, they agreed to it. One of the first meetings, we're back in helping. And I'm used to leading and doing what the Lord is directing me to do. And now, and just like that, I'm following his lead. And I had a little uh, uh, adjustment <laughs> issue. Now, I don't mean, uh, you know, mentally or emotionally, but let me explain. I, he called me up and he said, uh, Brother Keith, you got, got something to fit in here? Sometimes he'd have me sing. Sometimes he'd have me pray for people. Sometimes he'd have me preach. Sometimes he'd just turn the service over, me and other people. And uh, so I sang, got through, turned around, looked at him. He said, that's not it. <laughs> Talking about the song. I said, okay. He said, you got something else? I said, well, there was a, there was a teaching that had come up in me. He said, no, I don't think so. He said, you got another song? So I, I took off. I sang another song. Sang it real hard, strong. Got through it, turned around. He said, no, that's not it. <laughs> he said, you got something else? I said, well, I, I got this teaching. Shouldn't have said it. He's already told me he didn't think that's what it is. And uh, I don't know if we went through that a third time or not. I don't remember. But anyway, uh, I said, well, he asked me, he said, you, you got something else? And I said, well, uh, this teaching. He said, well, all right, give it. He went and sat down. Should have been a clue. So I got up. I'm trying to teach. Oh, man, it was wrong. That wasn't what was supposed to be happening. And it was pretty good anointing on the service till I got up. And it just got deader and deader and drier. And I finally sputtered to a close early. And everybody's yawning and wanting to go home. And we all went back to the hotel. I felt so bad. I had taken the service the wrong direction and messed up the service. Place was packed. People were sitting on the floor, man. I mean, it was jam-packed, and I went back, and man, the longer the night went, the worse I felt. I, I thought I'd get in the bathroom by myself and take a bath, and I'm sitting there in the tub, and I just started crying, tears falling, hitting the water. God, what is wrong with you? The man's got 60 years of ministry experience. He told you he didn't think that's what it was, but no, you had to preach your little sermon. <laughs> anytime you start doing that and you're hitting yourself over the head the devil will say here let, use this hammer <laughs> and he'll take your little ball pin and give you a sledgehammer <laughs> between you and him he'll beat your brains out I finally realized well I don't just need to be doing this I need to talk to him it's his service that I messed up so I called him there's the same hotel you know picked up the phone I said dad he said yep I said, I missed it. He said, I know it. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry. Uh, that's all I know to say. I'm sorry. Uh, I just missed it. He interrupted me. He said, it'll be all right. He said, just don't quit me. Just don't leave me. Stay hooked. I was about to bust out crying. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir, I will. And I realized that night, that's the Lord. That's, that's what he says to you. 
That's his heart. And so many times there are things you don't understand. And maybe you made mistakes or you come short. But that's what he's saying to you. Isn't it? Anybody know that's what he's saying to you? What's he saying? Stay hooked. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't leave. Stay hooked. Stay connected. Keep going. Because why? What's going to happen? If you'll keep going, oh, thank God. We had some wonderful times after that. Some amazing times. But what if we quit? What if we, you know, you can get hurt. You can get, you pride. You get embarrassed. Uh, any number of things. But it has to do with fear. Well, I can't do this. Everything I, I go to do, he says, that ain't it. That ain't it. That ain't it. He don't even know how to say. <laughs> he wouldn't know a G from a... A D or E E minor, you know? That's got nothing to do with it. But you know what I'm talking about? People get attitudes, and a lot of times the reason they get so huffy and they get so so annoyed and mad and angry is because they're embarrassed and they're scared. Scared they can't do it. And what will fear do to you? It'll freeze you on your path so you can't go any further. And the path and the plan will keep moving and the light with it. And it'll just get dark where you are. No. We're not hearers only. And if we mess up, we're not too proud to repent, are we? Are we? Come talking about you now, huh? No, no. If we miss it, we just repent. We ask God to forgive us. But we're not doing like that bunch that left Jesus that day. We're not doing like the people that left Paul. We are not doing like the rich young ruler. We are staying hooked. And we are going all the way. Come on, is that right? All the way. Stand up on your feet, everybody. Oh, yes. All the way. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.